Bonjour everyone and welcome back to Casseleling, the French football podcast with the accent. Uh, again, the double accent today. Uh, the name is Jeremy Maga, I'm your host, and I'm joined by Liam Scahill back on the pod. How are you, Liam? Back. Bonjour from Ireland, Jeremy. Great to have <laughs> you back for more. I don't, hopefully I didn't scare you away the last time. <laughs> no, it was great to have you and it's great to, to have you again. Like I, I wish I would have had you in, in better circumstances. We've discussed last time that you like Nice. Unfortunately, they didn't win the French Cup this weekend. They lost to Nantes 1-0. Uh, but that's what we're going to talk about in, in part one of the pod, uh, what happened during that French Cup final and what it means for the two clubs involved. Uh, and of course, after that, we'll go to uh, part two, where we'll discuss the eight games that were played in Ligue 1 this weekend. Two of them will be played um, midweek in, in a couple of days now. Uh, just to, to I guess, reel it in what happened and, and what it means for both the uh, race for European football and for relegation. Quite a bit has happened both ends of the table. Uh, you guys know the drill. We're going to start in a minute. But first, music. All right. The French Cup final was played on Saturday night, French time, Sunday morning for us here in Australia, Liam. Uh, and uh, it was Nice against Nantes and the final score 1-0 for Nantes. The only goal was scored by uh, the captain of the night for Nantes, Ludovic Blas, on penalty at the 47th minute. Uh, it was, I guess, a real final, a KG affair. Uh, if we look at the stats quickly, 60% position for Nice, 11 shots, 3 on target for Les Aiglons. 13 shots and three on target for Les Canaries. Uh, but both chances with, uh, with, with both teams, excuse me, with plenty of chances, maybe not plenty of chances, with, with a handful of chances to score goals. Uh, but we were talking about this offline, Liam. Um, the game was always going to be decided by a detail, wasn't it? Yeah, it had that feeling, didn't it? With how toothless uh, my beloved niece have been lately. <laughs> I felt if they got one goal, we'd be lucky and hopefully we cling on and the occasion might get to Nantes. Um, hopefully I thought uh, Nice might be more experienced with Galtier in the dugout. But it did not turn out that way. I had um, a bad feeling. I, I contacted you um in the days sort of preceding the game, I've spent some time in the UK over the last few weeks. So the game was at a great time because I was jet lagged. So it works brilliant <laughs> being back in Australia. But while I was there, I was watching um, English television and Jim Radcliffe, Nisa's owner, came up last mm -hmm. week and um, doing a 15 minute interview with the BBC talking about taking over Chelsea and promising that he was going to invest 1.4 billion in players and infrastructure if he uh, was successful. And I was there thinking, what about Nice? We're in a cup final in three days' time, and you're doing interviews on British TV talking about buying an English football club. I thought that was a bit bizarre, to be honest. Um, I don't, don't think it showed a lot of respect for Nice or their supporters. And... Um, in the events since, um, in the aftermath of the defeat in Nice Matan, 
the media outlet is publishing a lot of stuff sort of from the Nice camp saying all that is not well behind the scenes that mm-hmm. Galtier is seeking a one-on-one meeting with Jim Radcliffe um, t- between now and the end of the season. Galtier has a two-year contract left there. It would be disastrous for Nice if he was to walk away, but rumours are that he wants his old partner in crime, Luis Campos, to come mm. back in to scout the players' form. It was a match made in heaven with in Lille. But with Nice, I think they really missed their trick sort of with the momentum of their season in the first half coming into January. They were like second in Liga yeah. Ball. Everything was going really well. I thought they would purchase maybe one or two more players, a bit of experience, someone like the ilk of Delors to just take him up that next level. And maybe that would have shown yesterday. It's all good in hindsight, obviously, saying this, but too many players from Nice in the last few months since January are just not on form. Gouri, specifically, the wingers, Clivert, Stings, they are shadows of the players that they seemed or portrayed themselves to be in French football last September. And um, once Nantes got that lead, they love to counterattack, don't they? They are set up for that scenario. It played right into the Dangerous hands. Dangerous we Isn't it? We were in their spider web when you have Kolo Moani and Moses Simon. He's so underrated. I said we were interacting in Twitter there a week or two ago. I don't know how um, Moses Simon doesn't get more plaudits. Maybe Kolo Moani might regret this agreed transfer to the Bundesliga. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, no one's great, exciting new man. Manager and then European football next year, they end their 18 year wait. The club that gave us Desai and Claude McAlealy, they're on the cusp of something that feels that nonsense. And this guy walks on. But I thought to in the sort of managerial calls, uh, you would have seen there that uh, Lafont, who probably was nonce only real transfer that they did. He hadn't played the rounds preceding. It was Deschamps in goal. That was a, a strong call to go and put my best goalkeeper in for the final. It was interesting that Nice didn't do that. They didn't bring in. Would he? Would that have made a difference? It's all if, buts, and maybes. But I yeah, thought that was interesting. That in yeah, it was a big call for um, Kubari to make. I think it was the right call, you know. Um, it's about winning at the end of the day. Their name is on the cup and Nice is, and their supporters uh, from... I've been doing a lot of Google translating. I'm getting the fan <laughs> reactions. My French isn't up to scratch yet. But uh, yeah, a lot of the Nice reactions I've been reading, um, they are not happy. They are not happy at all. And the season seems to be a complete climax. And they're really turning on uh, Fournier, the director. They want him gone. They want him gone yesterday. If if he lasts, I don't think him and Galtier, one of them is going to have to go. Or this Nice project is going to be derailed. It's an interesting climate, right? Let's let's focus on on Nice a little bit, the, the losers of the of the game, because there's a bit to say about both teams. But I think Nice, um, the expectations were there. You mentioned it; they are second of the league for so long, and then they completely crashed about five weeks ago now. Uh, and they see Monaco and Rennes taking over, and Strasbourg is knocking at the door, and well, 
before this weekend, Lyon was almost there and, and Lens isn't too far. Uh, and and no one really expected that because everybody, you had you had that sort of like blind trust and confidence that Galchier will do it. Galchier has done it before. He's, he's brought them to the end. He doesn't even need to have good players. He can just make them play the way they're supposed to play. But it is Galchier's first year. But, but I think to come back to the very first point that you raised, that Radcliffe story in the past couple of weeks, I mean, an, any owner in their right mind must know how you, you know how unsettling it is for your club when you're saying I'm about to buy a club that is three times the size of what you are, and also I'm going to spend all that money in that club. As far as your club goes, I, I actually I don't know if I'm going to do anything. But if I can get that most prestigious club, I'm going to get there. And then when all this noise comes up, everybody in France was very quick to remind the Nice supporters that back when Radcliffe bought Nice, he didn't want to buy Nice. He wanted to buy, you know, maybe maybe it'd be Monaco. Maybe he was already in Chelsea actually at the time. He already spoke to uh, Abramovich to buy his club at the time. And he kind of bought Nice because that was the one club on the market that kind of ticked at least a few of the boxes that he wanted. So it felt like a default buy at the time. And now even more, now that he's, you know, bidding and bidding against like the Boelis family and all that who has a lot, who have a lot of money to put in Chelsea uh, and, and coming in at the 11th hour and, and constantly almost outbidding himself to try and convince um, the EPL that they should put him in charge of Chelsea. Uh, this is this is just, that, that's a disaster. I think in, not to disrespect our niece friends, but I think in any uh, clubs with like real passionate fans like Marseille or Paris or Saint-Étienne or Lens, it's riots at the door. Like you, you're not, yeah. you're not allowed to do this just before the cup, the French Cup final. Yeah. You're not allowed yeah. to go out on another uh, network, like you mentioned, the BBC, and to just say all this when there's such an important game coming up. And and I think you know, like yeah. you said, I think it's fair to say that it probably unsettled the squad. It probably put a bit of a veil of, I guess, the other doesn't care that much about us or whether we win or not. Who cares? Uh, and, and it's not great for. Galchi and even for Fournier to prepare their team for the for the final, right? It's it's pretty poor. Yeah, and even even in that interview, Jeremy Delhi did with the BBC, he's talking about buying Chelsea, and for a large uh, segment of that interview, he talks about supporting Manchester United. You know, again, if you're a Chelsea fan, you're going, "What is what is going on here?" And he says in the interview, ideally. He hints that he would prefer to buy Manchester United, but they're simply not up for sale. I think as an individual, he's not very good at reading the room. Mm -hmm. Obviously, when you have that amount of money, you don't have to read the room. You can just go to another room (laughs) or sack everyone that's in the room. But when it comes into the world of football, you're playing with people's emotions, as you said, people's loyalties. And in this potentially historic moment for Nice, waiting a long time for some success to show about. He does that. And as you said, it, it Nice, I think it's a marriage of convenience. He's hiding out in Monaco, obviously, for the friendly uh, tax rules down there. Nice is only up the road from his little hideaway. It's it's a marriage of convenience for him. But if he does too much like this, as you said, surely then it will ignite the fans. No matter, no matter how much money he spends, and hopefully they spend the next bill of money more wisely than they did last summer, because some of these players um, 
maybe they will be up to what Galtier expects. That does not look like a Galtier team now, I'm sure you'd agree. It looks a shadow of the Lille side. Do you remember the stories from Lille? They said training was like a royal rumble. Guys getting injured, having to be pulled up. Nice, they seem soft. They don't seem battle-hard. But they look, and I have to say, Choram, his performance was way above his years. He was fantastic. But uh, so many others really let themselves down. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think with with what you're saying, with what Galche usually expect from his teams, I just don't understand, like you said, why was there not more changes happening um at the at the off season in, in not the sorry in the winter transfer window. You had the opportunity to add the two or three players that have that grinta, that fighting power, and you don't do it. Um and it doesn't feel like Galtier and maybe, you know, like like you said, maybe that's where it comes from, that whole asking for a meeting with Ratcliffe now and having a chat with Fournier to actually see, you know, what where are we going, what are we doing? Because like we just said, if Ratcliffe does buy Chelsea, Nice becomes what a feeder club of Chelsea. Then all of a sudden the fans, because there are some really passionate fans in Chelsea as in, in Nice, sorry, as we've seen earlier this season, um, they're they're, they're not going to stand for becoming the second club of a conglomerate. They're not going to stand for well, you can't go to Champions League football because Chelsea is already there. So you're going to have to go to Europa League at best. If the plan was to create a club that was supposedly uh, meant to be one of the best club in uh, in France. So all those things, they're just not going to to go for. And it looks like that's what Radcliffe is going. You were talking about Fournier and, and about Galtier and about, you know, what, what does that look like if something changed, whether Campos comes or whether Galtier stays or, or whatever that is. If we look at this season, Galtier's first season, we've spoken about the momentum and 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 the missed opportunities and, and potentially no European football next year. You know, what would be your assessment of Galtier's first season at Nice? Is it a success? Is it a failure? Um is it basically what it what it should be, uh, which is some good moments or bad moments, and unfortunately for him, they just didn't time it properly. Uh what's your assessment of his season? Yeah, I, I think they've just ran out of gas. Uh, I, th- I think it was, they looked so good. PSG, they seem to have to measure them every time they face them. As you said, you, when you have Galtier in your corner, uh, you know your defence is going to be rock solid. And often it's just snatching that goal. But once Gouri's form sort of went off the boil, all yeah. the burden of goal scoring fell on Delor. And as good as he is, once the team knows if we can stop Andy Delo, none of these guys are going to score. We just need to stop him. None of the rest of them are going to score. And they, they seem to be letting players shoot from um, crazy distances. And they're inexperienced. They're taking these shots on. Stings isn't isn't even getting minutes now. He's been totally dropped. In January, they were linked with um, Bergwin from Spurs. He would uh-huh. be a great experienced signing. Mm-hmm. And then they end up with Barama from um, Angers oh, Reserve. Yeah. So this is the team, isn't it? It's, they had the sight set on that guy and you're probably getting plan C, plan D. How is Galtier feeling? Because as I said, he was in 
the ring of Lewis Campos, one of the greatest <laughs> directors of football in the world, a magician. He can sell a guy for 20 million and replace him with a guy for 2 million. No one's ever heard of and he's twice as good, you know. But he kept pulling these rabbits out of the hat. Is it as well, I, I'd ask you, Jeremy, would you say that Galtier isn't as good without Campos? Have we have we sort of underestimated how heavily he was reliant on Campos? He, he did say when he was the little coach in, in, in several interviews, I don't want to get involved with the recruitment. I don't want to know what kind of player I'm supposed to, to pick. Almost, which we know it's not true, but he was almost telling the media, I don't have a say in who we're getting. I'm giving players. And make sure they work together. Um, so I, I doubt that it's hundred percent true because you know, of course, uh, Campos, being the smart person that we know he is, would know what kind of player his coach needs. So of course, the influence of the coach is still there. Uh, but but Galtier was happily saying, "I don't have anything to do with it." Whether he whether he knew there was something going on and didn't want to be uh, you know impacted with with the repercussions, or uh, or whether he was just. Uh, what he was, but yeah, he said that he didn't. He didn't want to know about recruitment. He didn't want to get involved in it, uh, and he trusted that the player that were going to come with him was going to work in his system, and his system was going to be what it is. So, so it could be, it it could be that, and 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 like we said, um, so many times this season, uh, it took Guiri because Guiri had a fantastic first three four months, um, to make the difference, and then Delors a little bit, uh, but they did rely mostly on their amazing defense and on their um, pace and, and ability to bring in DTG up front, like when they smashed Marseille, that's how they, that's how they beat them uh, by, by very quick counter-attack. And that's what he likes to do. So, you know, maybe having that conversation and maybe, you know, if uh, <laughs> I'm sure Galchier would say something to the effect of, you know, Mr. Radcliffe, if you're able to put however many billions you want to put in Chelsea, you can bring me back Luis Campos and he can, do whatever it wants because you got the liquidity to do it. So do it. Um, but, but yeah, it's uh, in this, yeah, in this until the end of the season is going to be interesting to to see. And you know, we kind of wish that they do make it to European football because they've been so deserving for most of the season. Uh, you know, I'm sure there were more Nantes supporters than Nice supporters when it came to the French final because uh, mm. there's probably a little bit less. Uh, less to hate at Nantes than there is at Nice. Uh, there's always something against people from the south, right? Um, but um, but, is but yeah, is it the sunshine or they don't pay tax or both? A bit of both. It's the the, the movie festival. It was not too far. The sea is not too far. It's 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 a bit of that. It's all it's all the tourists. <laughs> there's something not quite quite connecting. Um, we we we're going to swap it and talk about talk about Nantes, but but actually just as a transition, um, the game itself, there's that missed control from Guiri in the box that could bring a goal. There's um, the, the penalty that you know some judge harsh. I think it's a penalty, but I can I can see that you know where where else could his hand have been? It's it's very close. It's very close from the offender from the attacker. Sorry, when the ball. It's his hand, uh, but then after that, there's that shot from Dolberg, save on its line by um, by Giroto. Everything was there for Nantes. There have been some criticism about the refereeing. What's your take on the penalty and on what Stephanie Frappard did that night? 
Yeah, obviously, uh, I, I thought it was harsh. As you said, where can he put his uh, hand? But as you see now, most of the experienced guys, um, the Dantes, and then when they run towards a guy like that, they have the hands already behind the back because once you um, bring in VAR and all this, players play for it, don't they? They go, it's easy to try and smash it off this guy's hand and actually really go to cross the limb. But, um, yeah, it, it was sort of a touch and go, but they got it. And then, as you said, and Guri there, he looks really lively at the beginning. I was thinking this, he's shown up here. He's going to bring a bit of Hollywood to the occasion, but uh, no, he sort of faded. He faded too, and they really shut down Daylor, didn't they? They did a a great job on him, and as you said, that clearance off the line, when I've seen that happening, you know, that is a moment you sort of say, it's not our day. It's mm-hmm. not gonna happen when you see someone. It's like Roy the Rover stuff when that guy pulled that off. I knew the one was in the non sales, but they played it beautifully well. Um, as you said, most people know what they get when they face Galtier. They seem to know what was coming, and they they seem to balance their attacks just right. As he said, that Nice could not get them turned. They could not get that lovely flowing counter-attack and turn the defenders running the other way. They seem set every single time. You would argue that it was a battle of similar mentality, similar coaching styles. I mean, what Galce has done with Nice is what Comboire has done with Nantes since he took over. Yeah. We, we, we didn't see that much last year because it was in, in a fight to survive. But then this season, he really uh, worked out his defense the right way. I mean, Nicola Palois for all his issues and, and against when he plays against Marseille, we get three penalties a game. Uh, but for, for all the mistakes that he makes, he's still a, a pretty solid defender. Uh, they probably never worked out their right back position, but they got Kanté Marlin out as left back, who's probably one of the best young players in, in Ligue 1 right now. Um, they worked out how to play Giroto uh, as either a defensive midfielder or even a defender and Castelletto has been all right. Um, they've, they've really done the work defensively to be solid. Kierivella is as common his own. And then, as you mentioned, up front, Moses Simon, uh, Mutu Sami as a number eight slash 10, Kolomwani up front, Pukari when he comes in. There's just a lot of pace, but finally they took advantage of it and they play to their strength and, and, and that transition football that as soon as they score, they have two or three more opportunities to score just based solely on counter-attack. It, it looks like they had the perfect plan laid out Comboire and Nantes. But interestingly enough, it was probably also the plan that Nice had laid out. It was. It's a great point you make. Maybe Nice would have been better off playing a Marseille or or even a Paris that would have attacked him and played into Galtier's hands on a big occasion because a big occasion like that, it is very hard to discipline yourself not to go gun ho. But the minute you do, as you said, you fall into the Galtier trap. He's banking on you doing that. And and, and so now, now, 22 years later, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, to the day, actually, uh, won another Coupe de France. Uh, and and like a team that was fighting for survival eight months ago, uh, now is qualified for Europa League next season. I mean, how how big has the impact uh, from Comboire been on, on, on that club? 
I, I think um, after that win, I would give a manager of the year. Uh, I know some people would go, oh, there's others more deserving, but he hasn't been able to buy success. Um, they, being a club suffering immense rupture to the stability for a long time. But he seems such a calming influence, doesn't he? And as you said, then players, he's done a marvellous coaching job on them because although some of the attacking players they had, some of them, you it would have been fair to say, were almost luxury players. When they were flashy players, they had all the technique, but they didn't have the discipline to be a real top-class player in Ligue 1. But now... They do. They have discipline. Moses Simon, he has come on. I'd say he's come on fivefold since uh, he's been under Itkambuare's tutelage. And he it, it, it is turning into a real player. I'm surprised there isn't bigger clubs starting to look at some oh, it, players. It's already. coming. It's coming. It's coming, isn't it? I, I hope these are looking. <laughs> <laughs> it, must, it must be coming. I, I know it's a shame to say, but now with European football also, they do have a carrot to uh, dangle to sort of keep some. But yeah, yeah Kolo Moani, it's such a shame he's leaving that side because he fits so well into it. Him and Simon, it's, he seems to be a perfect foil to him. He brings athletics and strength and pace. And pace is a great leveller in football. You can be the best defender in the world, but if you're marking a guy who's fast, you're afraid of him. You know, mm-hmm. oh, what is this guy going to do? If I, if he turns out, I mightn't catch him. It instills panic in uh, no matter who the opposition is. You, you've seen there even in Tottenham, they rock up to Anfield. Klopp, he doesn't know what to do when he faces a counter-attacking side. And it was a bit like that with nonsense. Nice. I don't think LTA knew what to do when he faced the side. It was also going, okay, we're going to sit back and wait to counter-attack you as well. <laughs> it was almost uh, waiting for one guy to throw the first punch, wasn't it? Yeah, all right. And, and it's and at, at this game, I guess, not was uh, was better on than Nice, unfortunately, for uh, for Les Aiglons. I'm I'm wondering, you know, with Nantes, so uh, people who follow French football would know the issues, decades of issues. Uh, the Nantes fans hate their owner, Valdemir Kita, uh, because of all the issues that have happened financially and, and outside of outside of football. And then, of course, it became a problem on the pitch when they had to fight for uh, survival a couple of seasons in a row. And then last year, I got really close from being relocated. The bounce back now, Kita was lucky enough to find Comboire and Comboire cares about the club. So he get them back to where they are. They're losing Colomboigny. I think Moses Simon is going. He was almost gone last year um, at the off season, but I think he got injured just on just during the um, summer window, if I'm not mistaken. And so that's why he didn't leave. But I'm pretty sure he's, he's a gone man uh, this summer because that's also um, probably the only player that I can really make money on. Um, he, him and him and Alban Lafont. Um, what's happening next year, though? If you lose your best goal scorer, if you lose potentially your your weapon on the on the wing, your your goalkeeper, I'd be very surprised if he spends another season in Nantes. Like you say, maybe the the European Cup is a is a nice carrot to dangle. Um, you know, how does a guy like Comboire, who's worked on you know the fighting spirit and and the mindset, and this is all we're a group and and that mm-hmm. survival mode kind of thing? How how can a team like this perform? With the game every three days, you know, the, 
you think they crumble in the first six months because it's too much for them, or or do you see uh, you know what not is supposed to be known for the youth coming up, etc., and potentially uh, a nice little surprise and and a nice club settling back into it always. I think, as you said, they're going to have to go down the the U track. I was thinking, you know, trying to think of a replacement for uh, Colo Moane, probably Calmuendo. There at long. Yeah, if Paris doesn't want to keep him, yeah. He's seen, and he's even, some of the games with Lons, he's not starting all the time now. He seems like the ideal sort of non-sex player, as you're saying, a young, hungry, French powerful striker in that and I think with Kumbwari, if you're a young player now, you want to play under him, wouldn't you? He he's an attraction in himself. But as you said, not only will people be looking at their players, they're gonna be looking at their manager now also. Well if three months into next season one of the big boys gets the the P forty five to kick out the door. <laughs> He's going to be talking to your shortlist, isn't he? Come worry. There's going to be people coming from. So it's a, with a victory like that, there's also a tension, isn't there? But it's great, as you said, their fans have gone through such turmoil. They deserve it. The only other fans I can think in recent times that have gone through such turmoil is Bordeaux, isn't it? Yeah. Well. Yeah, we're going to talk about them a bit later, but uh, yeah, exactly. I don't think they're going to have the same happy ending as not, unfortunately, Bordeaux. Uh, but that's true. What you say about Comboire is, is very true. Like, he's a coach who built himself, now it's 15 years ago, he built himself to be so successful with, I think it was Gengar at the time, that he was picked by Paris Saint-Germain. He achieved success with PSG, got the first title of the Qatari era, and then he's pushed away because, unfortunately for him, Carlo Ancelotti comes to Paris Saint-Germain, and and they just get rid of him because Ancelotti is Ancelotti, and you can't say no to the mister. Uh, and he really he feels like since that happened to him, uh, he took a deep, and his career was wasn't great, and the next couple of jobs just weren't as successful as it has been. And now you can see him picking himself back up, which is which is really good to see for, for a guy like him who's been so important for, for French football in the past. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, I think, yeah, like you said, it's, it's great for the fans. Um, they were, the Stade de France was yellow and green on Saturday night. Like it felt like we were in Nantes. There was the only like that one, one, Quarter, yeah. maybe did they, get, did they get their hands on some tickets from the Riviera? They must, they must have. It's less far, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what it is. It was, it was so many not supporters. Uh, and you know yeah. what? I, I would say that you know, you would argue that people our age and or just over our age maybe would remember the north from the 90s uh Renal Denwex and Loco and Pedros and Wedek so any um any neutral supporter who lives in Paris or whatever would have a bit of that effect towards Nantes uh because Nantes was like you say Desai and Makelele uh, came from it Deschamps came from it uh, at one point any good player in France was coming from the Nantes Academy, and so there's that effect in France 
for the club. And so there was probably a bit of help from people, not uh, not from Nantes, who decided to, to support Nantes on the night. Uh, but yeah, it that was... was it... I read even, uh, interested, I read in uh, Pep, Pep Cardiola's book, he studied Nantes when he started this managerial journey. It, what, what more of a compliment can you get, mm-hmm. isn't it? The, the football god himself studying... <laughs> And Alden Wex is a is is a is a legend. I think he went to Sociedad after he went to Nantes, uh, and and became a star of his own over there in Spain. So, uh, yeah, I'm not surprised to uh, to to hear that from from Pep Guardiola. I, I I forgotten about that anecdote. Um. Anyway, this was a great night of football. It was a it was a good French Cup. Like I said, probably a bit of a KG affair, and clearly. Uh, intense and intense uh, with both teams not willing to concede but Nantes uh, ended up getting the the win and, and are going to play in Europa League next season uh, what it means for Ligue 1 on the table is that um, the fourth place will go to Europa League and the fifth place will go to the Conference League so it made that race to the top uh, just that much um, tighter uh, and now that we've expanded a little bit on the Coupe de France we are going to go and talk about uh, Ligue 1 a little bit Liam mm-hmm. 